You are about to witness history in the making. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Pop Culture Gamers Podcast. This, this is show number 106. My name's Hayden, and I would like to say I'm here as always with Steve, but unfortunately Steve's a little bit under the weather at the moment, so it's just me. And seeing as we didn't have a show last week, I thought I'd just do a quick um, one here, give you a latest on the updates of the latest news and all that sort of stuff and then we'll be back to full strength hopefully next week so um just give you an update the reason why we didn't have last week's show is i've had had, um, some uh, family stuff my mother-in-law's not being very well Uh, she's currently in hospital hopefully on the mend Uh, so that's why the show was cancelled last week Um, my wife's been staying with her uh, during the week last week um, before she went into hospital, but she took a turn for the worst on Thursday. But hopefully she's um, getting better now. Uh, did have a very cold evening at James Cook University Hospital because only one person was allowed to stay in with uh, my mother-in-law and uh, while she was in A&E. And I was sat outside in three minus three and a half degrees. So that was a bit cool for three hours that was sat out there. But I didn't want to sit in A&E reception just because I didn't want to um, expose myself to possible COVID as I'm sure all of you guys would probably be appreciative of as well. Uh, otherwise um, I've had done a little bit of an upgrade on my PC. Um, I've had to do a nice little addressable RGB bracket. Only problem is it's not quite working the way I want it to at the moment and I need to just get a little adapter cable so that it can go into my um, IQ commander um pro thing uh, that's in my case so hopefully when that arrives it'll look really really cool what i'll do is i'll post some uh, pictures on twitter and youtube once i've got it going and i'll uh, send a link um, out for where i got it from because it was from ebay and it looks tremendously good i wanted something addressable the last uh, bracket i had just it really didn't do it and it, this one also nicely covers over all of this stuff that i've got going on in the uh, pcie slots uh, on my machine so it looks really really cool um anyway that's it a really really short intro uh, for this week so we'll go straight into gaming this week no longer a dream but a reality Right, so gaming this week and some big news. CD Projekt Red has been hacked. So CD Projekt Red has been the uh, victim of a targeted cyber attack in which the hackers claim to have stolen internal documents and source code for Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher and other games. The company announced this on Twitter saying that its internal systems had been compromised and that the hackers had left a ransom note, which he also uh, put on uh, for you to see as well. The ransom note, uh, as I said, was released to the public, which stated that the hackers would 
dump full copies of the source code for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3, which would be interesting to see what that's like. Presumably the next-gen edition coming later this year. According to CD Projekt Red, devices um, on its network had been encrypted and had been restoring their IT infrastructure and data through some backups. The company announced that we will not be giving in to the demands nor negotiate with the um, hackers, uh, but being aware, uh, sorry, being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of compromised data, CD Projekt Red said to the best of its knowledge, the compromised systems didn't contain any personal data of players or users of their services. So this has come not long after the announcement that uh, Tesla recently revealed that its new cars can run Witcher 3 via an embedded 10 teraflop gaming rig. So... That would have been absolutely perfect for me the other night if I'd have been um, sat outside in the car as I was uh, outside James Cook Hospital because I could have been having a bit of a go on a Witcher 3, but unfortunately I don't have a Tesla. Um, the company also issued a hotfix for Cyberpunk 2077 recently, um, which squashed a vulnerability that could make PC modders vulnerable to malicious attacks so they've been doing you know stuff to stop malicious attacks but unfortunately become the victim of one themselves other news uh, there is the hitman 3 february roadmap um in the initiation protocol some of these have already gone um unfortunately but uh, that's just the way it is um there's the guccio antiquity uh, which is a deluxe escalation uh, protocol and from there you'll be able to get the guru suit and the guru's pen and um, syringe um, emtic um, and some other stuff that's for, available from february the 23rd there is the proloft parable which is another deluxe escalation protocol also available from the 23rd and there's deluxe items in there of the white shadow uh, custom stinger 3000 and a white katana uh, from the 4th of Feb, uh, sorry, from uh, 4th of Feb, there's the Baskerville uh, Barney, which is an Escalations, and the Sinbad Stringent from the 18th. There's the Deceivers um, from the 26th of March to the, sorry, February to the 8th of March. And then Kind of Funny, Dartmoor featured contracts on the 23rd, and a, from the February the 11th, a Dubrai featured contract. There's also a game update due on the 23rd as well. So Epic uh, Games also uh, recently, um, well, so say Epic Games also, IOI Interactive, nothing at all to do with Epic Games, but Epic Games has also been showing um, tech behind their Unreal Engine, the MetaHuman creator, uh, which is a character creator. And I have to admit, after looking at this, it looks absolutely amazing with high fidelity and quality. And there's a free sample available as well. So if you like messing around um with Unreal Engine, then you'll be able to download the free sample and have a go with it yourself. In terms of new releases, uh, we've got a few. I'll go over the last uh, week and for the next week because uh, there's not that many coming for next week. So there is Scarlet Hood and the Wicked Wood on PC from the 10th of the 2nd. Death Crown, PS4, Xbox One and Switch on the 11th of the 2nd. Little Nightmares 2 on PC, PS4 and Xbox One and Switch. On the 11th of the 2nd, Rover Wars on Xbox One. On the 12th, 
Galgun Returns PC, Xbox Series X, Xbox One and Switch on the 12th. 30XX on the PC on the 17th and King of Seas on the PC, PS4, Xbox One and Switch on the 18th. In terms of subscription games, uh, there are some ones for Twitch slash um, Prime Gaming. So there's uh, Spinach, which is a um, descend into the world of a bubbling psychedelia, uh, uh, transcending the material realm and embark on a quest to rescue Mission off springing your future farmers spinach or spinach sorry not spinach my my mistake there's stealth bastards deluxe uh which is uh basically uh tactical espionage uh, sort of game where you make your way through a high tech facility that appears to exist only there to kill you uh monster prom hot seat which is an indie dating sim game and gives you uh, up to three other players uh, three weeks to raise your stats, seduce a classmate and get the data for the monster prom. The Swim Sanity, which is a couch party edition. It's an underwater shooter featuring a variety of weapons and power-ups with eight action-packed um, game modes and couch co-op. Table Manners, which is another dating simulator. Algo Bot, which is a maintenance droid on a massive pangalactic colony ship. And it's up to you and your cranky boss, Pal to save the crew um, who were sleeping from, uh, from the cold, suffocating to death when a routine cycling uh, job goes very, very wrong. Sounds a bit like Red Dwarf, really. Um, Cyberhook, which is a parkour skills and high-tech grappling hook to uh, speed your way through a retrowave uh, game world, manipulate time and abuse physics and blasting enemies as you go. And there's also Little Big Workshop, which is grow and manage a magical uh, factory filled with diligent workers who can create anything you want from rubber ducks to drones, electric guitars and a lot more. On Epic Games uh, right now and available until the 18th of Feb there is Holocron 6 and then from the 18th of Feb to the 25th of Feb there is Absolute Drift and Rage 2. So if you're into, uh, I think it's Bethesda who uh, produced Rage, if you're into that then you can um, have a go from that one there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, gaming this week, I've um, been doing a little bit more of the old uh, LucasArts sort of graphic adventure video gaming, um, and I've been playing Full Throttle Remastered, uh, which was released by LucasArts and designed by Tim Schafer. Uh, the plot revolves around the lead character Ben um, and his bid to stop the hostile takeover at a motorbike company following the death of its CEO. He's framed for murder, and on the trail of the mastermind behind it all, Ben traverses an open world, um, or open road, to meet colourful characters and uh, solve a host of puzzles. The game is obviously a point-and-click style adventure with numerous puzzles to overcome and to save the motorbike company from takeover and prove your innocence. Uh, the game isn't massive, but there's an adequate number of areas to entertain and puzzle over the two to three hours completion time. Unlike Monkey Island and Day of the Tentacle and other games in the genre, the game is much more sort of focused on the um, and direct in terms of its delivery, making it feel more in keeping with the no-nonsense, testosterone-driven lead character of Ben. Uh, there are some truly memorable moments, including... The getting across landmines by the sacrifice of bunnies, 
and other amusing sort of solutions to uh, games and one or two whimsical achievements in there as well. Overall, a game of its genre. If you like the LucasArts sort of point-and-click adventures, this one's not really going to disappoint you at all. It's very much in the sort of um, theme of all of the other ones. So, yeah, I would um, certainly uh, give it a look. I think it's available on Game Pass at the moment, so you can play it on PC or or Xbox One. Uh, Definitely worth a look. I think it's also been given away at some point as a Prime... uh, Sorry, a Prime, a Plus game. So there's lots of ways that you can actually uh, play that one as well. And I don't think it's too expensive either. The other big one, which I would have liked a bit more of a conversation about, but unfortunately with Steve not being here and has been able to get the rhetoric, I'm just going to give you a basic uh, upshot of this. And that is Little Nightmares 2, the big release. So I was a great fan of Little Nightmares 1. I completed it on, I think, three different platforms and really, really enjoyed the sort of like style and delivery uh, of the game. It's quite dark and sinister uh, throughout the game. Very spooky, very atmospheric. This one is like Little Nightmares 1, but on steroids. There are now two characters. There are some really, really, truly touching moments uh, in the game, and a lot of the game is really as creepy as hell, especially when you're going like through the library and the librarian's extending neck and how far uh, that can actually go. Takes you back to similar uh, levels, such as um, the cook in the first Little Nightmares game. A really, really great game to play. I would certainly recommend it to anybody who um, wanted to uh, play the game. It is absolutely superb. Um, if you like the first one, there is nothing in this game that you will not like in this one. It's the same, but better. Uh, the puzzles are really, you know, some of them are really very clever, some of them are very obvious, but there's never that many times where you're just stuck in an area and feel this isn't, I'm this, this I can't get out of this. I'm absolutely stuck. There are one or two areas, and a lot of the time, it does tend to be where, or at least for me, where I've tried to do something and it hasn't worked. And maybe I've just not quite done it properly. Like, for example, not um, had the grab button held down to, you know, grab hold of a ledge or something like that. Just thinking momentarily it was going to do it automatically and it doesn't. So, most, like I said, most of the puzzle, puzzles, they're relatively obvious but not always um there are collectibles you can collect hats and you can collect these sort of weird um ghostly sort of characters as well well worth a look i've been twitch streaming it from the start so anybody who wants to have a look you can see the i think three hours of gameplay i've done on there i think if i'm this pretty much in line with everybody else i'm probably two-thirds of the way through the game, I think it's about four or five hour completion time. Obviously, that's not to say that you've, um, you know, it's going to take you uh, that long or that, you know, you might, it might take you longer to get through the game. It depends upon how easily that you solve the puzzles. But atmospherically, musically, this game is really, really enthralling. It, it has that sort of music that does sort of put that tingle and raise the hairs on the back of your 
neck and it's just so atmospheric it's absolutely fantastic definitely want to play with the lights off as well uh, i would say really really well worth a look like i said we'll talk about it more probably next week when steve's back but if you really want to see what it's like i'm sure that you've probably already seen it but uh if you look on um amazon prime gaming you'll be able to see uh, my couple of streams uh, on that as well okay so that's it for um gaming this week we'll move on to movies tv and streaming no longer a dream but a reality Okay, so movies, TV and streaming, and we've got some news here. So the CW Network has renewed a number of shows um, as it firms up what uh, what it's going to be having for 2021-22 uh, season and what that's going to look like. As the network uh, plots to return to business as usual during the pandemic, the CW Network has picked up a number of series for additional CV, uh, seasons. These include... Walker, All-American, Batwoman, Charmed, Dynasty, The Flash, In the Dark, Legacies, Legends of Tomorrow, Nancy Drew, Riverdale and Roswell, New Mexico. Five of these, uh, Dynasty, The Flash, In the Dark, Legends and Roswell have yet to premiere for this season. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen the new Batwoman but I'm not overly impressed. However, that's not to say that um, it's any worse than the last season. I don't think it could have got much worse, but that's how it is. Um, that only leaves uh, the first year shows for Superman and Lois, which I've got to admit, I wasn't interested in this. And I am seriously getting into, into what they might do on this show. Uh, the more of, of clips of that, that I've seen of it. Uh, there's Kung Fu and there's also The Republic of Sarah, which is also yet to debut. It's also ordered two additional episodes of Superman and Lois for a total of 15 this season and five more episodes of Walker bringing its tally up to 18. What's really interesting, uh, I think, is this newer trend where American TV shows used to be about 25, 26 episodes and went down to the mid-20s. Some of them are now going as low as the British ones of about six episodes. The new WandaVision only has uh, nine episodes that are scheduled for it. Anyway, just really interesting. Um, in addition to that, Disney and Marvel have released the dates. So Marvel Phase 4 released dates for both the MCU movies and the Disney Plus TV show were also announced at San Diego Comic-Con SDCC in 2019, while Spider-Man 3 was added later due to the coronavirus pandemic. However, all of that's changed. And now Marvel have updated their Phase 4 release notes due to uh, the shifting nature of theatre openings around the world. And these are subject to change. So, WandaVision, January 15. We know that we're in the middle of that, well, nearly the end of that now. We've got, coming from the 19th of March, is The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Black Widow is now scheduled for the 7th of May. Loki the TV show is also a pigeonhole for May. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is set for July the 9th. What If is for summer 2021. Hawkeye series for late 2021. Ms. Marvel, late 2021. The Eternals, November the 5th, 2021. 
Spider-Man 3, December 17th, 2021. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is set for March 25th, 2022. And Thor, Love and Thunder, May the 6th, 2022. Marvel Phase 4 movies is also, it's unclear whether Marvel will continue uh, working in clearly defined phases with the already announced Blade and Fantastic Four seemingly part of Phase 5. That being said, uh, they've put the upcoming Marvel movies into a phase as best they can and they'll start with the movies then go into the Disney Plus shows. Just also Black Widow, the first uh, stop for the MCU on a big screen, as I said before, is arriving May the 7th. So good news that we finally got a release date for that, but the bad news is with coronavirus, it might move again. Blu-ray and DVD releases. Um, there's some interesting movies here. Uh, we have, um, if I, my computer didn't suddenly jump to another part of this uh, document, uh, Beyond Reanimator, which is a Blu-ray and DVD. We've got Elysium on 4K Blu-ray. Ender's Game 4K Blu-ray. That's a really good um, good movie uh, with Harrison Ford in there. Mr. Ben, the complete 50s anniversary edition DVD. I had to mention that I grew up on Mr. Ben. It used to be fantastic. Real bit of nostalgia um, there for all of you guys who are around your 50s. Um, on the... February the fifteenth, we've got Batman: Soul of the Dragon on Blu-ray and DVD, and also there's a minifigure in Blu-ray version as well. There's Captain Earth collection on Blu-ray. There's Maximum Risk with Van Damme on Blu-ray. Nowhere to Run with Van Damme on Blu-ray. Pacific Rim: Titans of Cult Steelbook 4K Blu-ray, and there's also Van Helsing re-released again on Blu-ray and DVD. In terms of the Blu-ray and TV. Sorry, DVD charts at number five up from seven is Tenet. At number four up from eight is Harry Potter, the complete collection. At number three, a new entry is A Perfect Planet. At number two, a re entry is Black Panther. And at number one is a new entry, which is Saint Maud. So, the first thing I've been watching is Modern Family season 11. Um, this was a season I never got to watch because unfortunately, what happened was. Sky stopped putting it on the catch-up when I got to the end of season 10. So I finally caught up with it. I thought it was a really good send-off uh, for the 11-season-long show. Uh, some really touching moments on there. The season was a lot shorter than the previous ones, from what I remember. But really good send-off uh, for the show. Definitely, if you've ever not seen Modern Family, or you started and then stopped... It is such worth the investment in 11 seasons uh, of that show. Really, really funny. Um, love the way that they did it. It's sort of like the, for want of a better term, the friends of its era, but obviously not like friends. Um, but, you know, the the modern comedy, just that, and it hit that note just the way that friends sort of did when that was released in the 90s. Really, really worth watching. Definitely good. My main thing I want to talk about, though, is WandaVision. And I can have a bit of a nerd out seeing as I know that Steve hasn't seen it. So, if you guys <coughs> haven't seen WandaVision, I would suggest now you watch the very latest episode, which is episode 6, and then come back and listen to the rest of the show and see what I've got to uh, say on here. So, good at this year. Last warning, spoiler alert. Boop, boop. 
Okay, so we're in spoiler alert territory now. So, almost impossible to say anything about this episode without spoiling the show. Wanda's reality is breaking down more and more. Um, there is more sword, so that's a sentient weapon observation response division, um, but pretty much like shield, but a different version of it. Uh, some really great epic references and surprises in the episode. Um, one of which is really epic. Um, the episode is, uh, or this is sorry, last week's episode, not this week's. Uh, so episode five is a sort of family ties, full house kind of style. Um, more convinced that this is bringing in the X-Men and uh, Mephisto into the reality. The episode turns uh, turns it up as it goes along. Uh, there's an interesting twist on the Magneto scene from the original X-Men movie uh, for Scarlet Witch. See if you uh, know which one I mean. Um, don't forget that she is Magneto's daughter uh, as well. Um, hot off the press, though, is that episode six uh, gives a big part to the new character introduced in uh, episode five. And that character is Quicksilver. But there's a twist. It's Quicksilver from the X-Men universe, not from the MCU. So, as you know, in the MCU, Aaron Taylor Johnson plays Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. He's also killed in that movie. Quicksilver as a character has also existed in the X-Men First Clash sort of era, which his first appearance was in X-Men Days of Future Past, and he appeared in two of those movies. The character who appears at the end of episode five and is shown throughout episode six is um, the Evan Peters version of Quicksilver, but Scarlet Witch recognises him as her brother, still, even though he looks different. And also, it's referenced in the episode. In a matter of fact, it's a reference that why has Wanda recast her brother as, as a different Pietro? So it's really, really interesting what they're doing in this. They're, bringing, they're unifying the two um, versions of the Marvel Universe, the X-Men Universe and the MCU, uh, together, which is fascinating in itself. Um, and as I said before, I think this is going to be the launch of the X-Men in the MCU or part of the way it's going to come in. It's quite obvious that Monica Rambeau is going to turn into Photon or whatever the name of her character is uh, in the MCU as well. So it's uh, really, really interesting. And also there's a, some really nice little cross-references because Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson also appeared in another movie, which was Kick-Ass. And that is referenced twice in this version of WandaVision. So there's a, like a little nod to the fans uh, in various different ways. There's a lovely moment where Quicksilver says to um, Wanda, where's your accent? And she gives a rebuff similar to, to back to him. It's really, really fascinating. It's showing that Wanda is knowing what is going on now, that she's controlling everything quite consciously. Vision, on the other hand, he doesn't like this new universe. He, he knows something's going on. He doesn't know what, other than the fact that Wanda is controlling things. He has concerns about the people who are in the um, town of Westview, and he tries to escape. And wow, what a fantastic moment that is uh, as well. 
So it's normal MCU stuff. The stuff that happens in there, there is something... As a matter of fact, there's probably 10 or 20 things in every scene of the uh, show that is happening that if you're not up on your Marvel stuff, it'll go over 99% of people's heads. Even if you are up on your Marvel stuff, which I like to think I am, um, although I'm not a complete comic nerd, I don't read the comics or anything, um, but 99% of the stuff would be over most people's heads. A lot goes over my head and I, I pick up on things and I have to research it. So it's really, really uh, interesting. I've got to admit, after episode two of this show, I was ready to give up on it. I thought, this is just not going the way that I'm enjoying it. And then episode three happened, and it just kept my interest going. And I am so glad, because this is really paying off. This is, um, well, I've never seen a piece of TV like this ever before. It is Something really quite special, um, I think, in of itself. But how it's relating with the MCU universe, it is aware of itself in the MCU universe. And that in itself is such a strange kind of thing um, to watch. So really, really enjoyable. If you haven't seen it yet, you've really got to see it. Obviously, I've done a couple of spoilers for you if you had, but I did say spoiler warning. So um, that's all I'm really going to say about it. There's loads and loads of uh, references. Oh, and um, Wanda's children are also dressed like their comic book counterparts and have powers uh, as well. The same as the comic book counterparts as well. So it's really, uh, really great. Fantastic. Love it. If you're into MCU, you're going to love it. Obviously, I know that there's those of you who don't like it as well. Your loss, that's all I can say. Um, but... It's a, it's a great piece of TV. So that's it for this section. Let's go on to our listener questions. John, what's happening to us? All right, so listener questions. And first one up is Mark with, How long for all of our gaming is from a streaming service? Was Google Stadia just ahead of its time? Oh, sorry. I think you're saying... How long is it before all of our gaming is from a streaming service and is Google Stadia ahead of its time? <coughs> I don't know, Mark. Um, I am not convinced on streaming services. The problem with them is is that they just turn up and disappear. We know now that uh, Google is dropping its development or has dropped its development teams for Stadia uh, for their in-house development. I think that kind of might show the that this is going to go the way of the dinosaur or the way of online uh, or, or on live was uh, a few years back. I just, I, this, the infrastructure's not there. We're not ready. Things like Game Pass work well. Um, PlayStation Live works, but it works better with the downloads than it does with the streaming. Um, there is always issues with graphical quality on the streaming. It's just not up there with everything else. So I think we're probably five to ten years away from a stable streaming service. But if anybody could have got it going, I think it would have been Google. The other uh, thing is a big two, Microsoft and Sony. It might be that the next console is not a console. It's just a little box that you uh, plug in peripherals for gaming. But I still think that we'll see the next generation of Xbox 
out there as well and PlayStation a PlayStation 6. Whether or not it gets to a PlayStation 7, I'm not so sure. Um, but interesting to see. Um, my second question is, what's the most annoying thing about gaming today? Um, I think that there are a lot of annoying things about gaming today. The cost of gaming is very high. Um, you know, if you want to keep up with the latest sort of tech, if you want to keep up with the latest games um, and the rising cost of games costing on average £70, um, you know, for the the big new releases from some software manufacturers, that's just utterly ridiculous. But what that is doing is paving the way for the indie market. Um, and there's a lot of innovation uh, that's coming from uh, there. There's some really, truly great games that have come from the indie market over the last few years. Send you a sacrifice being one of them that was utterly fantastic. Um, so yeah, there's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, sort of time. I think microtransactions always spoil stuff. I think the preoccupation by companies like Microsoft that we all want to play together, um, and the requ- the thing of having multiplayer online has ruined some potentially good gaming points but i think sony have it right because a lot of their stuff is single player you know like the god of war sort of games or the um horizon zero dawn all of that sort of stuff you know death stranding um all of the games that they've been releasing have all been single player experiences and have all been fantastic and that's what microsoft needs to learn it needs to learn that we don't want to all play together. Some of us are just happy to be given a world created that we can go into and make our own. And that's Microsoft's biggest problem, I think, at the moment. And gaming's biggest problem is this. Um, you Most gamers seem to want to fall with it. Or, uh, most manufacturers or developers seem to want to pigeonhole people into like um, your Fortnite or World of Warcraft, or you know all of the all of the other multiplayer platform uh, platforms that are out there, you know, uh, Roblox, Minecraft, all of that sort of stuff, and you know inhabit those multiplayer worlds. Not everybody wants that. I certainly don't want that. That's not my playstyle at all. Um, Destiny with Bungie's lost the plot on Destiny completely. Um, very little interest in that game now and you know how much I used to play that with uh, Steve and we used to always be on it I, I can't remember the last time Steve and I played that game together um, although I do know that Steve still continues to go online and play it and I do occasionally but not very often so yeah I, I think that that's part of the problem is this games as a service and we've seen it's not worked um, with the um, the latest Avengers uh, sort of game um, that came out not so long ago. Uh, that one was a big flop. The one with uh, Ms. Marvel uh, just didn't work. And the the gameplay, it just it didn't work in the way that it should have done. But when you go into games like Destiny, that works better. But it's, I think that they're all starting to show the rage and it needs to go back to single player games. Um, 
So, next question is from Jason Toon, and he's got a hypothetical question. You've been given an unlimited budget and a top-tier game studio to develop a game for you. So, what are you going to make? What genre would it be, and what features would you add to set it apart from the rest of the industry? Wow. Um, Mine would be an epic sci-fi sort of adventure um, that you could play in multiple ways that there would be a multiplayer element. I know we just said about multiplayer, but there would be a multiplayer element similar to Elite Dangerous, uh, but then a story that was sort of Star Wars come Mass Effect-ish, where you you could affect your version of the universe and in terms of what happens so there's sort of like a two-tier kind of approach there is just the persistent universe As a matter of fact by the sound of it i think i'm describing star citizen here um but something similar to that i would say um but with you know lots of lots of narrative lots of um you know really great truly memorable uh kind of moments great design really various different sort of planets to visit lots of you know ways of having ships and modifications of those ships and um just you know so you can be really distinctive uh within it and if you go into the multiplayer sort of aspect of it which would be a side uh sort of part for when you've completed the main story or if you just don't want to dip into it um being able to visit like every room in every building um you know great big cities obviously it'd have to be procedurally driven um in order to work i like the idea of the if you find somewhere that you can name it on uh, elite and bring that into the main uh, part of the game as well so that the perpetual universe what you know you could get a credit for discovering a planet and but that would be populated by different aliens so maybe linking in with some of the you know, different an alien generation system like they have on No Man's Sky, but one where they don't look predominantly similar um, all of the time. So yeah, that's the sort of game that I would really make. But it'd have to be an epic sort of story, like the Mass Effect sort of games and that sort of thing. I think I really like that question. That was a good one. Um, so that and that's what would set it apart as well, because. At the moment, there isn't really anything like that. They tend to specialise in one sort of thing or another. Uh, Scott Kids has asked, have you ever uh, had a game on one platform, hated it, and then bought it on another platform and loved it? Um, Also, have you ever uh, kept playing due to FOMO, um, my world of Warcraft, uh, with six years um, split between 20 characters in gameplay? Uh, so when um, Scott is saying uh, FOMO, um, I believe that he's um, I, be- I believe that he's meaning fear of missing out. <laughs> if I might be wrong, um, I don't know. Uh, but if he is referring to that fear of missing out, um, I have played a game for FOMO, and that was um, Fallout Four, and we all know how that worked out for me. <laughs> it just didn't work out at all. Um, and I gave up on the game as well. Um, in terms of ever played a game on one platform, hated it, and then uh, bought it and played it on another platform and loved it. Yes, numerous times. I can't think of a particular example. Um, 
but I have done that. Sometimes it has been due to the implementation of the game being slightly tweaked on a different platform. And other times I can't really think other than maybe I was just in a more receptive mood to that game. It was more in keeping with what I wanted to play uh, when I picked it up on a different platform. So yeah, it happens. You know, it is a real thing. Um, And it's one of those things of a great advantage of having more than one platform um, and also a disadvantage as well. So Paul Wilson says, uh, if you purchased a a postage delivery simulator game, would you pick a male character? (laughs) Male spell M-A-I-L. So yes, I would pick a male man as opposed to a male woman. Um, Yeah. So I always I always pick male characters as in the gender and I would pick a gender male mailman or male person or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Justin Lee has asked, uh, while my gaming has uh, transitioned mainly over uh, to PC from Xbox console, I'd really like a PS5 digital when they're uh, finally back in stock purely for the upcoming PlayStation exclusives. Do you think Sony will restrict supply of the cheaper discless version? No, I don't think it's in their particular interest to do that. Um, no, I don't. Um, I think that part of the problem is is coronavirus and the current um, climate uh, of availability of stuff. Everything's raising in cost because of coronavirus as well. Um, but I think that... Um, the better deal is the disc version of the console rather than the discless personally because you've also then got a 4k blu-ray player uh, with it as well so if i was you i would go that you know extra mile in terms of the cost because it's not so much more and have myself a 4k blu-ray player thrown in um but it's up to you uh, justin up to you uh, Lee Doty's asked, what's your biggest peeve about the next-gen consoles? Annoying UI, lack of storage space, etc. Um, my biggest peeve <coughs> with the PlayStation is the fact that they haven't enabled the ability to add more storage, particularly the NVMe second drive. Um, that is really, really annoying because they've got everything there it just needs to be a bit of coding that they need to do that shouldn't be happening that should have been enabled right from the start we should know what drives we can use on that all of that sort of stuff um other than that i think the playstation experience is fine apart from storage ability on the xbox side i have more concerns about that I do not like the fact that the UI is the same as the Xbox One because it just mean, makes it feel like it's an Xbox One with a new graphics card in. Um, so, and it's a lot of money. I know that graphics cards on PCs are, you know, can be well in excess of an Xbox Series X, but it, I just don't like it. I just don't like the old operating system being on a new console. Also, there's a lot of things in the new operating system i don't like i'm an achievement hunter you all know that i brought four hundred thousand gamer score today as well thought i'd throw that one in um but what i don't like is the fact that despite the fact that microsoft introduced achievements they've not they're not supporting it as well as they did in the last gen so in the last gen you could go into the store you could then go into the 
game hub and look at the achievement list if you wanted to, which is an achievement hunter you would do. You don't have that ability under the new consoles. And I absolutely hate that because I have to go and look at another platform to be able to find out about the game. So if I want to buy a game and I want to check out the achievements first, I have to go into like Xbox uh, True Achievements and look at the achievements from there rather than in the app, or rather not in the app, but on the console, uh, and just bring it up that way. It's utterly, utterly ridiculous. Really, Microsoft, pull your finger out. What the heck have you done? Um, So that's uh, another really, really big peeve I have about the Xbox um, operating system. And obviously the lack of storage as well. And also (coughs) the... And this goes for both consoles. I'm going to say this. It's the the high cost of the NVMe drives. Um, you know, the, the Microsoft cartridge sort of version for that, for an extra terabyte, 220 quid. Get real. Seriously, that is just utterly ridiculous. But also, why can't we have the ability to have a choice so that we can say we're prepared to put up with longer load times and use a hard drive? Why is that so difficult? for Microsoft to be able to implement. Personally, I don't think it is because it's no different than to a PC. Not everybody's using NVMe on a PC. Some people will use SSD. Some people will use hard drives for storing the games. All of my games are stored on a hard drive. You know, they're stored on a Barracuda hard drive. It's quite fast. You know, it loads well, but it's not to the same standard as, a, you know, an NVMe. But I don't have a problem with waiting a few moments for a game to load. And I don't know what the big issue is. Yes, it's nice when it's all there and it's straight away. And in Mass Effect, we're not going to have the elevators. But also, I don't really care. So, you know, um, those are the things I've got against the current gen, really. Uh, Craig Cole um, has asked a question. This is the last one for this week. Uh, so you can only pick one for a remake. Which one? V, Fall Guy, or the Tripods? Okay, so these are three great ones to um, pick. The Tripods um, was a good BBC TV show. I don't think that they actually did all of the books. I think they did the White Mountains, and I can't remember what the other ones were, but um, they didn't do all of them. I'm not really that bothered about a remake of the tripods even though i used to love reading the books the fall guy the fall guy is always always lee majors lee the fall guy's fine just leave it alone doesn't need to be remade (coughs) excuse me and the last one is v now v was one of my favorite shows when i was in my um mid-teens I would say I've got them all on Blu-ray. Absolutely love it. Brilliant. Fantastic. Could it do with an update? Yes, it could. Um, You wouldn't have Mark Singer, although he did turn up in the last episode of the remake of V, uh, which unfortunately was cancelled. But I was kind of getting there with that show. So it's a bit of a shame in a way that it's gone. But I would say let's have a really, really good V remake. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, great sci-fi show. Got lots of potential. Let's go with that one. All right. So that's it for uh, this week. Um, a bit shorter than normal. I managed to uh, throw something out, though, that is going to be um, 
a bit longer than half an hour which we originally planned so i hope you've enjoyed uh that hopefully service will resume um as normal uh shortly but uh, just in case you want to get in contact with us um you can for me just search uh, for herj uk on uh, psn xbox live steam all of the normal including amazon uh, prime uh, gaming or if you want to find me on epic it's uh, pop culture gamers if you uh, want to follow the show then on twitter we're at pop culture gamer facebook group is face uh, pop culture gamers if you've got any inquiries you can email podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk or you can also visit our website pop uh, sorry i forgot i forgot we've changed the name of the uh, website or rather the address of the uh, uh, website has changed because we've moved over to a different host so the new um web address is anchor.fm forward slash pop culture gamers anyway that's it for this week hope you've enjoyed the show and it's a good night from me and it would have been a good night from steve so good night (laughs) 